0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. I am Aaron Eisman, they call me Rabbi E and perhaps other things. I'm here with my holy friend, Mr. Andrew Perlman, fresh out of his graduation from Kenyon College in Ohio. Congratulations, Andrew.
1: How was your graduation? It was great. It was odd because I actually graduated in 2020 and got the diploma then. But the whole COVID, we left in March of 2020, never came back to the school. So it felt good. It felt good to get the the fake they gave us a fake diploma at the stage because we got our real one two years ago. Uh, but it was a blast. I'm I'm excited for this week's episode though. It's uh it's a little late, but uh better late than never, right?
0: Yes, we were a little delayed because of uh, graduation for a good reason. But uh, we're going to do the portion of Bihar, and uh, it'll be well worth the wait. God gives us the ability to portray the, uh, the the holiness and awesomeness of this incredible portion. Let us jump right in. Mr. Andrew Perlman, are you ready? I am super ready. This week's Torah portion is the portion of Bihar. And the portion starts with an incredible law. There, You know we have Shabbat. Shabbat is six days, and then on the seventh day we rest. But did you know there's also a law for the land to rest? That's right, that you work the land for six years, and then the seventh day is a time of rest. You're not allowed to work the field. Now, that is an incredible challenge. How do you not work an entire country in an agrarian society for an entire year that nobody's working. Could you imagine if, if, if uh, all, the, all, all the doctors were off for an entire year or all the, all the uh, garbage collectors were off for an entire year? But these are the food producers. The entire year, they're completely off. Now, it makes sense to let the land rest. So, But switch off. Everyone should do it on a different year, but that's not how it works. For, se- for the seventh year, the entire land should rest. But there is an incredible promise because sort of reading your mind, like, oh my gosh, what are you going to do? What are we going to eat this entire year? So the Torah addresses that and it says, and if you will say, what are we going to eat the entire year? God says, don't worry. Don't worry. I will bring a triple crop on the sixth year, no problem. The sixth year, the seventh year, and then to get ready get going again in the eighth year, no problem. Now this is given as one of the incredible uh, proofs that the the, the Torah is divine because if man wrote the Torah, they would never be able to make this promise. And if they did make that promise, the Torah would not be around for 3,334 years. The Torah would be around for six years or maybe 12 years. So if a man wrote the Torah, they would never make a promise that a man can keep, cannot keep. The only one that can make that promise is the divine and the divine can deliver on that promise. And that's uh, just a, a, a beautiful side point about the law of Shemitah that, uh, you know, showing us the divine authorship of the Torah, that God is promising to give a triple crop and throughout all the years that the temple stood that the the, 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 the the triple crop came, and that's how the, they sustained themselves. We know the Jewish people came to Sinai, the first two commandments they heard from God himself, and then God endorsed Moses as his prophet. Moses went up and he learned a lot of, he, he learned the, the Torah, and he came down and transmitted it to the Jewish people. So why by this mitzvah does it say the location that it was delivered? There are so many laws that were delivered at Sinai. Why by Shemitah, by resting the land on the seventh year, does it say on Sinai? And the answer is, my dear friend, that it's so foundational to what Sinai was. Sinai represents the foundation of the Torah. And this mitzvah is foundational to the entire Torah. Why is resting the seventh year? Foundational because that's what life is. Life is about, as we say so many times, letting go and letting God. And what an incredible commandment that 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 challenges us to just let go. and imagine a a farmer lovingly planted in his field and and the crops are growing and 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 there's you know fences around the field, no trespassing, Greenberg's farm, you know and 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 then he, he brings his. Produce lovingly to the market, and everyone's like, oh wow, what a great crop this year. And then the seventh year comes and the fences come down open, and people are coming in and out. And it's just, it's public property. It's complete and total reminder. And it says in the Torah, He call all right. So God says, This is a reminder that the land is mine. And it is so as we have on Shabbat, right? Often, you know, we can very much relate to on Shabbat. You know, you're, uh, you know, you're working hard the whole week. You have reports to do. You have deadlines to make. You're hustling. You're trying to make deals. You're trying to move and shake and and uh, and get, you know, uh, be uh, be successful. And then Shabbat comes. Stop. Complete stop. But I just want no. But wait, wait, wait one no more phone call. No. There's complete and total trust right like that uh you know that game you play in uh in in team building exercise you fall backwards fall backwards and you trust the other person to catch you that's what we're doing with shemitah for an entire year you're falling back and you're 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 trusting god to catch you and again there's a divine promise that just because it happened six years ago and 12 years ago whatever and, and it happened in the past but there's always that that scary oh my gosh and the reminder is Kili call it. And but it's also such an important gift that we have Shemitah and these kind of mitzo because it's possible for a person to go through life and just forget it and get caught up on making a million dollars, two million dollars, four million dollars, eight million dollars, sixteen million dollars, more and more and more, and just forgetting what's the purpose of it all. And the, the the reminder of Shemitah is that money isn't what it's all about. Our job, our goal in life is not just to and collect and get as much money as possible. Our, our mission in life is to, is to connect, to be godly. And that's what the mitzvah of Shemitah is, is the reminder to let go and let God, to express our godliness, to express our, our soul, express our essence. And that is a mitzvah number one of the, of the portion is to uh, internalize this message as hard as it is to internalize the message of Shemitah. Also, to uncover a very vital part of this Torah portion, in the portion of your it says, Lo You cannot oppress your, your, your brother. Do not be dishonest. Do not be conniving. Do not, do not be uh, uh, unsavory in business. And then in Pasuk Zion, a couple of verses later, it says again, So two questions. Number one is, why does it repeat it two times? Don't oppress your your, your brethren. And, and why does the second one end? And you should fear God. So a big, is an amazing idea. That all the commentators say that. What are these two? Um, what are these two? Uh, don't oppress. So, number one is don't oppress your brethren in business, don't overcharge. Don't, uh, don't be dishonest. Don't uh, have dishonest weights. Don't press somebody to sell something uh, that they don't want to sell. Be honest in business. And the second one, when it ends with v'yaretson alakecha, is fear God, is don't oppress somebody with words. Why does the one with words end v'yaretson alakecha and you should fear God? So let me ask you a question. Mr. Perlman, what is worse, to steal a million dollars from somebody or to
1: insult them?
0: What do you say, my friend?
1: My guess, after knowing you for quite a quite a bit, <laughs> is going to be to insult them is, is worse. You're 100% right, but why? I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I have my own... Uh... I want my to hear own that. reason. I, hear your I well, I think just in my in my head, I value interpersonal connection more than the thing that is money.
0: That is 100 percent correct. That's you you hit it. That's that's reason number two. But re- reason number one is that money you can return. If you steal a million dollars from somebody, you can return it. If you insult somebody, even if you apologize, the hurt might never go away, right? I, I could tell you for myself, compliments that I've gotten years later, right? And insults, I, I literally remember, I think I might've told you this before, but uh, too good not to repeat. I remember in sixth or seventh grade, I handed in a uh, a paper that I'd written. I was really proud of it. I thought it was really, really good. And I handed it in and I was sure the teacher would be like, wow, this is awesome, blah, blah, blah. And they were very—I um, don't remember whether male or female teacher. I just remember the hurt um, that that just very um, uninspired. Now it's possible that the paper was uninspiring as well, but I just remember the hurt, the feeling. So, so the feelings, and exactly what you said—you steal someone's money. Okay, it's not them. You're you're stealing their resources. That's not them. But you insult a person. You're 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 hitting themselves. So for those two reasons that it says the eraser of the you should fear God because sometimes we're so you know money you know certainly we shouldn't steal but money we understand like wow that's someone else's money that's but you know especially with people close to us we might say okay whatever you know I'm in a bad mood I'm so tired leave me alone I'm, I'm, don't talk to me this morning or, let's go we're late let's go why because we're we're um. You know we're we're, we're, we're used to we, we, words are so easy and the the Torah is reminding us the fear God as we said at the beginning of the Torah portion that let all my God bring God into into your life that that's the key and the easier it is the more the responsibility it is right because when you use a sharp word so you could just have easily used a kind word. You were speaking. The person was right there. You had an opportunity to change and give them a comment. And instead, you use a tough word. And that was sort of a, you, like you ran into the wrong goal. You could have got a touchdown. And instead, you gave the other team a touchdown. Right? So that's, the, that's, that's the urgency of don't oppress don't impress your brethren with words. Certainly don't impress them with, uh, in money. But don't impress them with words because words are so long-lasting. And so powerful to build somebody up, to create somebody, to make somebody feel good about themselves, to make somebody feel feel noticed and appreciated, and uh, and God forbid, not the other way, to make somebody feel unappreciated. And to keep this in mind all the time. And the, as we said in the beginning with the Shemitah, by letting go and letting God, whether it's with the land or with Shabbat by letting go, we're reminding ourselves of what's important in life. And there's so few opportunities, right? You know, how many interactions does a person have during the day, right? Each day, I don't know what the average is. Maybe you ask Siri, right? The, how many interactions? But like, just give uh, a guess, you know, as the mailman, there's the doorman. There's, uh, you know, the, maybe the Uber driver, uh, maybe your teacher, the two or three people sitting around you in class, your roommate, right? You're interacting with 30, 40 people a day, you know, in a, you know and, and so how many of those interactions did you maximize for maximum effect to build them up? Did you give 30 or 40 compliments today? Can you imagine if you give 30, 40 compliments a day to those people? or just a smile. It doesn't have to be a whole creative poem, a hallmark poem. Just that, uh, hey, you know, wow, you're quick, or uh, wow, thanks, uh, I love this car, or or wow, that was a great lesson, or I love the idea about the story you told about the old man, whatever, right? And and uh, and just we could we could leave in our wake of the day, you know, just a a a glowing uh, light in the world. So the the says, Lo so each, don't 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 oppress anybody. And be a race of You have God in mind. Certainly, don't impress them. But let's do the opposite and build people up, and 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 develop people, and light light up the world, and take this message home with us into the week uh, to uh, internalize that we are a piece of the infinite, and uh, the people who are in our in our world are as well. And our mission is to uh, use our power of speech to light up the world have a awesome week even though it's a little shorter uh, this week because we're a little late it's now monday night we'll release this on tuesday morning god willing have a beautiful rest of your week and uh, feel free to reach out my email is rabbi e at mer.org looking forward to being in touch my friend.